quite the turn of events already this season as the new friend of Sutton Garcelle was warning about in the season previews is unmasked. I look forward to hearing your reactions in the nearest comment section, wherever that is. We pick up the morning after Crystal's meltdown at Kyle's store opening after party, where Dorit is, of course, continuing to share her troubles at night post-robbery, where... Rena shares Dorit maybe should talk to her mom, Lois, who we learned in the past is a trauma survivor from an ex who actually ended up being a serial killer. Now, we learned Sutton, Crystal, and Diana are avoiding Kyle's home for the remainder of the trip, which happens to be only a few hours, unlike last season where the trip in La Quinta went for a couple of days. But after the girls staying with Kyle try to understand what happened the night before with Crystal, as if they need to be detectives to figure this out, even though Crystal was very crystal clear, if you will, about why she was triggered. Not exactly making this rocket science, but this leads to Garcelle to call Crystal, convincing her to come over to talk before heading home with the mean girls eavesdropping and Erica seeming to think she can't get up herself to get a napkin instead of needing to wipe her hands off on Rena's clothes, not her own clothes even. But before Crystal arrives, the girls reminisce on one year ago, the implosion of Erica's life in that very room. Now, Erica thanks the ladies for accepting her for the wild animal she was. She says she was a wild animal. And I, I want to add a question mark there, like was or is still saying she was backed into a corner every day, confessing she is over the bridge to catch her breath, but isn't done quite yet, which is contrary to what she wants everyone to believe in person and in her behavior, in her confessional up to this point, kind of contrast this as well, but we will have to revisit that in a moment. Garcelle then calls Erica out after saying it has, it has been 12 months of being dragged through the mud for something she didn't do, saying, well, the reason that people are dragging you through the mud is because you didn't show any compassion. Where Erica then says, well, I do really hope these things are not true, but I can't say a lot for legal reasons because every word counts even though she just said a whole bunch about it and she didn't just shut down the conversation. She says she can't speak, but then says, well, we don't know if the victims all really didn't get paid. And there's a chance that the victims are lying to a shocked audience of Kyle, Rena, Garcelle, and Dorit, but continues on saying it doesn't matter what someone claims. We don't have all the facts yet, adding she can't admit to something she didn't know happened. So while I agree, you can be sued for anything and people can allege anything they want, Tom would not have been disbarred just this week and there wouldn't be a bankruptcy trustee due to all the litigation he's going through if at least some of these big claims were not true. Maybe some of the smaller, less severe ones will turn out unwarranted and not really go through with them getting money, but Erica seems to be grasping at straws, manipulating the optics based on a very small possibility still that some of these claims may not be legitimate. But then Erica cites these tabloid negative stories against her as people wanting her to fail and people don't want the truth. But again, she makes this statement in third person to herself, which is weird to me always. But see, Erica, this is where you don't understand. We all want to know the truth and you denying that is why people don't like you. You as someone close to the situation with not one ounce of seeming compassion at all for what the victims are going through is why people want or really won't feel bad if you do end up failing. She ends with saying she will not fail and does not care who likes or doesn't like her. Which is very clear at this point. She doesn't need to tell us that's what she's thinking because her actions speak for themselves. But it may actually be the reason she ends up failing is because she doesn't care what people think of her. 
Maybe her and Amber Heard maybe could team up. Just a suggestion. Lisa Renna chimed in too during this whole thing, agreeing, oh yeah, you can be sued for anything. And it is because she knows firsthand where the most public thing she's gone through legally is being sued for what I think is a couple million dollars from a paparazzi using by using their photo of her on her Instagram, which she did not have the rights to. Not to mention the very recent off-camera stuff of potentially being in legal trouble for doxing a guy on Instagram who also happens to be threatening to release all this information about her husband, Harry Hamlin, similar to things I've been alluding to the last couple of episodes this season, which may all be related to something that actually happens later in this season with Kathy Hilton. So we'll have to watch what happens to see how that all unfolds. But a lot of people are saying that Lisa Renna doing all this stuff off camera on social media as the season starts airing is her doing damage control and trying to get ahead of the narrative coming out on the show potentially. But as Crystal is walking up, Erica confesses she couldn't walk past tabloids without seeing her face plastered all over. But then we were showed a montage of online media headlines, and I just thought that was so funny and just shows a sign of the times. And I'm certain I heard some tabloids are discontinuing selling physical copies to brick and mortar services, but I just thought it didn't line up her saying walking past tabloids and then showing online stuff. It just was, it was kind of bizarre. Finally, Crystal arrives at the house ready to confront everyone, kind of. <laughs> Unfortunately for Crystal, Garcelle is here saying, I'm very tipsy, and Erica says, I'm lit. So the filters are off, it appears. But Crystal shares right away she feels like she is in a therapy commune, which is an interesting comment for someone on an allegedly communist China-influenced platform who also allegedly was paid to promote the recent controversial NBC Beijing Olympics. But she starts emotionally reiterating her feeling of last year thinking there was a massive campaign against her regarding her recounting of her tiff with Sutton. And that being a distraction from the real issue of her holding things in, then finally letting it out to little support. While Kyle apologizes saying she thinks she is normally a fixer and didn't intend to make Crystal feel bad, Garcelle calls out Kyle for not being a fixer but a stirrer. Which I don't detect any lies there but we'll revisit this in a moment. Garcelle then continues prefacing her next comment with, I'm about to say something that could be explosive, and all of us uh, audience members should be prepared too for the entire dynamic of the group to shift, where Garcelle says she thinks Crystal may have been setting up Sutton in the race conversation last year in Lake Tahoe, and no matter what Sutton said, Crystal would have called her that girl. Crystal continues saying, well, it was only me and Kyle and Sutton there, and before that part of the conversation, some very dark things were said. But she declines to share what those dark things were, and this is where I agree with Erica on don't say there were things said and then not say them after holding it in for a year. Crystal says Kyle doesn't remember because she was drunk, which is interesting considering Crystal last night and this morning is upset about being told what she is thinking or feeling, then continues to tell Kyle, well, you don't remember and you wouldn't feel this way and blah, 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 blah. So we end the trip with Garcelle sharing news she just got from her son, Oliver, who of getting a job with, of all people, Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump, leading to quick exits from all the ladies where clearly there was no love lost with LVP, except that some of the ladies are still trying to emulate her as far as playing chess and manipulating the entire group. And we don't get any resolution at this point with Crystal, which is kind of unsatisfying as a viewer, but we'll revisit that in a moment. But I have some thoughts. So I've seen some people saying, well, Garcelle is also a pot stirrer, not just Kyle in this situation, but I disagree because 
I think Arcel comes across as a truth seeker and a loyal friend to Sutton looking out for her as Crystal and her are becoming close. Not stirring the pot because Garcelle is bored or trying to keep her spot on the show because she might be the one next one to be axed. Even Rena agreed Crystal throwing Sutton under the bus that fast was really effed up. I have to say though I was not expecting Garcelle to pull this out against Crystal considering last season I thought they were on the same page on the race conversation which I was not completely in agreement on their take on that whole thing. But maybe this is Garcelle wanting to vet this out because it could be a problem with her and Sutton. And we might see that a little bit later in, in the next couple episodes. While some people think this being brought up was Garcelle trying to keep Sutton and Crystal from getting close, I think it may also be a simultaneous way for Crystal to put a wedge between Garcelle and Sutton with her bringing up more about Sutton and Tahoe last year. Now, I'm not sure if it is Garcelle and Crystal fighting over Sutton or Garcelle and Crystal wanting to be friends with each other without Sutton being involved. Now, even though I think Sutton, Crystal, and Garcelle would be a force to be reckoned with if they stop fighting with each other, unfortunately, this sort of thing proves the whole perpetual victim mentality of the so-called woke thing is more of a destructive force than a constructive force. I will have more overall thoughts about Crystal in this episode at the very end, so stay tuned until the end for that. Meanwhile, Sutton and Diana are left behind to a room full of catering where Sutton claims to be a vegetarian that can't resist bacon, which was quickly called out by Diana for not being a thing, and actually makes me like Diana for even calling this out. But they rehash last night with Crystal seemingly coming out of nowhere with her trigger, where Diana then shares some of her triggers of people making fun of her accent, reminding her of her childhood, and also people making fun of her home country upbringing, sharing she had to adapt to her new life when she left her home country which her attitude at her home country was angry at the world and very tough because she grew up so poor, where Sutton then implores Diana to change her tune for this group of giving them more than one chance because this group may need it. Quick thoughts here. I think Sutton saying she is a vegetarian that eats bacon is the same in the same group of humor and, and comments that Diana uses when she says she has been, never been in a store before. I think it is meant to be playful and self-deprecating let me know what you think. Do you agree or disagree with my take on that? Maybe I'm looking for a reason to like them where there isn't any. But back at the scene of the crime, PK is asking, baby, can I have a Diet Coke? As a diabetic pointed out by Dorit. I didn't know he was diabetic. But she obviously is looking out for him because she's telling him, maybe you should cut back on the Diet Coke a little bit. But they are discussing the continued trauma from the robbery. And we learn why this conversation is even being shown in the first place. Because PK is setting up the next few episodes, girls trip to Punta Mita, Mexico, under the guise of Dorit needs to get away to relax with her friends, which this happens to be the first international trip in two seasons for this franchise. And it's also interesting to note that this group will be going to Mexico and Aspen this season, the same two places the women from Real Housewives of Orange County just went to, and they happen to both have the same production company. So I don't know if there's just coincidence with that or those are just two popular places they all happen to like to go. But the scene ends with them agreeing on which shows PK can and cannot watch while they are separated. But Sutton is now getting ready for her store event in store with Paris Couture designer Alexi Mabille, the source of conflict with other girls and Sutton post-robbery. But the dress that she wears has this suit jacket back and apparently costs $17,000. Now, let me know what you thought of this fashion. To me, it at least got my attention on a show where recently the fashions have gotten so weird it doesn't even phase me anymore. But then again, 
That's probably why it's called couture because it is not an everyday ready to wear mass produced for the average consumer look. Now Diana is getting ready for the event at her home where her stylist explains why Diana says she doesn't go to stores, being the chemicals and dust triggering Diana's allergies. So the more I think about this whole scenario, the less weird it actually sounds to me because think about it, the last few years, it became very normal to have things sent to you and not have to go to a store to buy anything. Sure, you and I are probably using delivery for essentials like groceries or medication or toiletries, but this is the same concept for Diana. It's just that she has a whole stack of cash to back it up and it's not exactly for essential goods. Now, before we continue, if you've liked what you've seen or heard so far, make sure to thumbs up, rate, and or review wherever you are tuning in from if you have not done so already. Thank you very much. So Dorit and Kyle are now on their way to the store event. And they're talking about Lisa Renna not attending because she just dated the group that she is with her mom who had just had a stroke. And you can tell by the tone of not only Dorit recounting what happened with Renna, but also Kyle sharing more about her mom passing that this is about to be the end for Lois. And Kyle shares her mom didn't want to go to hospice at the end of her life, unlike what Lois is going to be doing, leaving the three daughters to take care of her in her home as her life ended. She shares kind of a humorous moment where they were helping her mom take a bath or shower and they were struggling with it and they were all laughing. Even her mom who was having trouble communicating kind of had a little laugh and whatnot at the end of her life. So that was kind of nice to have a little silver lining, even though that's completely tough. And I know I'm critical of many of these cast members, but hearing someone explaining their situation with the parent dying always makes my heart sink. Not only because it reminds me of past instances where people around me have had to do this, but also knowing the past couple of years, how much of us and how many of us have gone through or are currently going through similar situations with elders um, go, about to, to have their life end and or prepping for futures with elders that may need to have plans for this kind of thing. But we shall see how this impacts Rena on the show. So the party starts with Garcelle arriving first, asking Sutton, who is attending where crystal is confirmed to be coming and garcelle has an interesting smirk on her face that sutton didn't really pick up on making me believe this was garcelle getting a temperature of the room before others arrive and potentially bring up what they talked about at kyle's house earlier we learn erica is not attending because of what happened at harry's birthday between her and sutton and also she says she has a date with her vibrator i guess she isn't having a lot of partner sex as she wanted us to believe in episode one Crystal and Diana arrive next, and it seems everything is hunky-dory with Crystal and Sutton for now, as Sutton is introducing Diana to Alexi and praising his home decor, where Diana shares her homes in Europe were, desi were designed, interior designed by Fendi, Ralph Lauren, and Giorgio Mani. Came off as a little bit of a one-upper, but not sure if that was actually the intent. But Dorit and Kyle arrived to a skittish Dorit seeing press at the event, which she was shocked that there was going to be press and was mad at Sutton for not giving her the heads up that press was going to be there. Even though she just did an interview for a nationally syndicated entertainment show called Extra with her correspondent friend Teddy Mellencamp at Kyle's store opening that you were just at a few days ago in the desert, which wasn't shown on the show, the actual interview, but it was posted online and shown on that big show too. Granted, Teddy is her friend. But how about the, either don't go to the place that you know there's going to be press or just skip the press line? Not really that hard to figure out. But I think 
them all being paranoid about paparazzi is dumb as public figures. I sort of understand Kyle in the car on the way over nervous about a paparazzi taking pictures over her fence thinking it was possibly an intruder or someone canvassing their home for a future hit job. But the reality is you have trade-offs when you become a public figure. Also, why is Dorit upset about media she doesn't have to talk to but then isn't upset about a camera crew for this show following her around, tracking her movement patterns in places she frequents, and being inside of her home filming. This is where I question if these people are even smart enough to pull off a staged robbery and rather just not smart enough to realize that their lack of planning to prevent a home invasion is why this happened. But of course, Dorit is going to use this against Sutton when it's convenient to pull out of her pocket. But also, why is Dorit mad at Sutton and not mad at Kyle for leaving her to go inside by herself and then Kyle does the press line and we see her getting asked about Dorit's robbery? And speaking for her instead of Dorit doing an interview and speaking from her own perspective and, and speaking for herself. After Sutton shades Kyle, kind of accidentally, forgetting she has a clothing line like Dorit as she is uh, introducing them to Alexi, the designer, uh, I was thinking maybe it wasn't accidental and it was just a subtle cue from Sutton knowing Kyle just slapped her name on someone else's design, even though Sutton carries the line at her store. But Kyle then asks Sutton if she's okay with Crystal, and Sutton's like, yeah, why, would, why wouldn't I be okay? And Kyle's like, well, Crystal said something in La Quinta, something like you said something very dark before the whole race conversation in Tahoe last year, where Kyle confesses and says to Sutton she thinks Crystal is confused. Luckily for Sutton, she had a witness there in Kyle, but also, weren't the cameras there for that conversation? Don't you think that they would have shown what Sutton said if it was that bad, even worse than what we already saw. And especially for new housewives at the time where they're trying to make it all work. But Garcelle walks up then to back up Kyle, telling Sutton to watch out for your new friend, which is the intriguing line from the season trailer, who we now know was referring to Crystal Kung Minkoff. Now, at the time, I was not sure when I saw that little soundbite in the trailer, I was like, is it is she talking about Diana? Is she talking about Erica? Or is it Crystal? I agree with Garcelle that Crystal seemed to throw Sutton under the bus very quickly when she was backed into a corner, but I also agree with Sutton that maybe they should just move forward. And while Kyle is confused by this new positive, nonchalant Sutton, I think it shows that Sutton has grown a lot and grown a thicker skin since last year. And I don't think Kyle likes seeing this because her inner wannabe LVP can't control Sutton as easily. Garcelle confirmed that she's also worried about herself because if Sutton is really as bad as Crystal is leading on to believe about the race conversation, then maybe Garcelle doesn't want to be as close to Sutton because that's a huge thing for Garcelle. And then Sutton also defended herself in her confessional saying, I know what I said and I didn't say anything that bad. I've already fessed up to anything I could have said that could have been bad and it seems to be fine now. So we'll see what Crystal's really talking about. Maybe where it's something else is going to come out of left field that we're not all grasping at the moment even Sutton and Kyle who knows but then a funny moment happens when Sutton is talking about and joking about being talked about behind her back but then she turns around and shows us the outfit we were just talking about with the suit jacket in the back and the girls are kind of like well even if you turn around and we're talking behind your back it looks like you're actually facing us kind of thing which I thought was funny but as Sutton and Crystal are all chummy chummy loving laughing for pics with a photographer Kyle and Garcelle are still not over telling Sutton about Crystal, 
followed by Crystal coming over with them, doubling down on telling Kyle you don't remember, and I'm sure it doesn't affect you the way it affects me or Garcelle, alluding to the fact that the race angle of the conversation basically doesn't apply to white people. Uh, but Kyle, again, is like, stop telling me what I remember, Crystal, or what I don't remember, okay? Crystal continues to skirt saying what, what Sutton said as Garcelle is begging her to tell them in support of what Crystal just cried about of not being supported by her recounting of events of different parts of that night in Tahoe. So it's, it's all coming up again. And this time she is afraid her use of the word dark to describe Sutton's comments will shift the focus again, similar to the way Violated did last year. Now, Crystal then changes the word from dark to problematic but forgivable but then crystal turns on garcelle saying garcelle accusing crystal of potentially setting up sutton is damaging comparing it to accusing someone of murder which is quite the reach unless sutton or kyle confessed to murder in tahoe which i have a feeling that happened it would be a lot bigger deal than it and it wouldn't be coming up a year later but now Sutton joins the conversation and is like, oh great, I'm actually here for once to talk about something I'm involved with. Where Sutton says, we've already gone through this, I've apologized, I've learned a lot, and changed a lot. Kyle is like, yeah, that sounds nice to want to move forward, but I was there and this is not what happened, what Crystal is saying, so we got to work through this. But also it wasn't very clear in her confession of who Kyle or what Kyle was referring to as far as this didn't happen. Was she referring to what Crystal is trying to say happened or Sutton trying to move on saying nothing else happened and really something bad did happen? I don't know because Kyle seems to be playing both sides and manipulating this entire season, which has confused a lot of the situations going on here. But Dorit then steps in, also frustrated with Crystal not being prepared to share, but still bringing it up, confessing she thinks Crystal knows what she is doing plain dirty building up everyone to prepare for the worst case scenario. All this as Diana is having trouble following the conversation after Sutton says, the can of worms being open has expired, the worms are dead. Adding a little bit of Kathy Hilton humor to this season so far before we actually get Kathy Hilton back. But Crystal then redirects back to Garcelle asking about a potential setup where Crystal is like, I have to defend myself on this one where Garcelle says, then why use the word dark? Triggering Crystal again saying, we just talked about this. Don't tell me what word I can and cannot use. Even though she just told Kyle she doesn't remember or what she does and doesn't affect her. But Crystal says now, oh, I never wanted to actually bring this up. And Sutton and I have now resolved it. Garcelle, of course, as the voice of reason says, no, you have not resolved this. And I think the whole questioning integrity angle from Crystal was referring to in Garcelle's setup comments was Crystal's out to not have to show receipts that don't really exist in comments that don't really exist if her integrity was so important to her she would mention it all and do it to clear her name considering she is the one that brought this up in the first place and now wants to have everyone forget she volunteered the information now just when i liked started liking crystal a lot better uh, she pulls this stunt so i'm kind of disappointed but i don't think at this point sutton understands crystal was trying to bring up more than what they resolved last year and at first in La Quinta, I thought Crystal was being gaslit like the mean girls have been doing to Sutton to try to make her feel crazy in her response to the robbery. But now I think Crystal may actually be a little off for some reason. I don't think we even know yet. And maybe that's what she's talking about that's going to come out. I don't know. All right. The final scene is with Dorit in EMDR therapy in their home to address her trauma from the robbery to hopefully be able to move on and feel safe in her home and grow her business and life again. She thinks PK is strong and supportive and asks him in the confessional to reassure her he will not leave her. 
don't know what that means. But then her therapist, Val, arrives to Dorit recounting the triggers of Sutton's store event we just saw, with her feelings validated as normal for the trauma when she is outside of her cocoon of her home. A little confused on that considering the home was where things happened and she said she doesn't feel safe there either. But Dorit then holds on to these pulsar things to stimulate the brain apparently like a sleep pattern and Val just jumps right in to ask <laughs> to asking Dorit to recount the moment her life was threatened during the home invasion with her kids in the other room. Now we were only shown a few minutes of this session but I can imagine this was an hour plus long session that they cut down to a few minutes for us to see. So that question seemed like it just came out of nowhere right away, but I'm sure there was a lead up to that. But also, was anyone thinking those pulsar things she was holding were a version of the e-meter cans Scientologists hold on to during audits? I just thought those, I had flashbacks. Maybe I've been watching too many Scientology related videos or I have too much knowledge of that, but I was like, wait, what the heck is going on here? Finally, Dorit confesses when she closes her eyes, she can see the headline mother found dead in her bedroom and her kids shot dead in their beds and that that will haunt her forever. I get what she is saying, but this to me does add to my suspicion about PK and, and now Dorit of loving the media attention or at least having the mindset focused on media and publicity. I have never been held at gunpoint or my life threatened, but I can imagine I would not be thinking about the headline if I thought I was going to die and be the subject of the murder headline. Just saying. So we got a preview for next couple weeks of them being in Mexico, which apparently Diana is the one that's chartering the plane. But before we continue discussions in the comment section for this week's episode, on the ratings front, this week's episode improved to a season high of 1.18 million live viewers in the US. Now that number was not reached last season until episode 13, and it was more than the 1.09 million tuned in to episode four of last season, right before the Erica stuff came out on the show. And they were still, I think, in Lake Tahoe. But also last season, episode three to four was only an increase of 20,000 viewers versus this season, episode three to four, an increase of 190,000 viewers, almost a 10x increase in increase in viewers from episode three to four from last season to this season. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode four recap. I hope you join me in the next one. Until then, as always, click around the channel for more. Thank you so much for having me in your online life, and I will talk to you in the next one.